I'm excited to share. As I was preparing for today, actually, I was spending a lot of time putting on my teaching hat, right? So today I'm going to be doing a lot of teaching because of the nature of the topic for today. I feel that it's very important for everyone here to set their foundation on the Word of God. Amen? So if you've been coming out to Emmaus, we've been following this curriculum. And today's on the road to Emmaus, the the supply that, that we must take on every travel, there are many things, but today's is water. Water is essential in life, is it not? Without water, you cannot survive. Is that true or false? Yes. <laughs> true. <laughs> is that true or false? Yes. <laughs> water is a, is, is a source of life. Okay. Without water, we cannot survive. And in the same way, in the Bible, the Bible does not say that God is water, okay? <laughs> but water is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Let me make that clear. The Bible does not say that God is a substance of water. But the Holy Spirit is symbolized in the Bible using water. In the Bible, it talks about rivers of living water. It talks about a living well. that You know, Jesus says to the woman, drink of me. Drink of this well, and you shall never go thirsty. You guys have heard that story before, right? So that's why today's topic is on the Holy Spirit. Everyone say Holy Spirit. Okay, the thing about Holy Spirit is that when I was growing up in church, after I became a Christian when I was 15 years old, I began to be discipled and going to my home church in Virginia. And when I was getting discipled, I actually never was really taught much anything actually about Holy Spirit. For me, I grew up in a church where they mentioned Holy Spirit sometimes, but they focused more about God the Father and Jesus Christ. And that's so important. Hallelujah. So important. But I had no idea who the Holy Spirit was or what the Holy Spirit was. Maybe some of you guys can relate. Maybe some of you guys grew up in churches where you don't really know. Right? You don't really know. Until one day, my life as a Christian, to be honest, started to get really, really boring. Really, really boring. And I felt very dry inside. And I knew I was saved. I knew I was a Christian. But there was something missing in my heart. And when I got to college, which is your guys' age, I began to encounter, make some friends, but there was something different about these friends. When I was around these friends, these were the kind of friends where when I was around them, after I hung out with them, I wanted to go home and just read the Bible. They made me hungry for God. These are the kind of friends where I looked at and they made the Word of God look so amazing. These are the kind of friends when I worship with them, I look at them, I'm like, man, they're really like meaning it with their hearts. This is like, they're really worshiping. And these are the kind of friends where I felt like, wow, they love going to church. Like they love evangelizing. They had no fear. <clears throat> Sometimes I would uh, hang out with them <clears throat> and we would stand in line at Starbucks, right? And then one of those friends is like, hey, what's your name? My name is, and they're just talking. He's like, hey, man, I just want to uh, share with you. Have you ever heard of uh, Jesus Christ? 
and just start evangelizing, just like, just going for it. And I'm just like, kind of stepping away. I'm like, I'm not, I have like so much fear, right? I'm like, you know, I'm not a part of him, right? So many instances like that. One time I was with my friend and we were in an elevator, right? And then my friend, he just started singing Amazing Grace. And then I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, you know? And then he was like, I just felt like worshiping. I was like, oh, what are these Christians? What kind of Christians are these? Right? And then, but even though I thought they were kind of weird and strange, there was something in me that attracted me to them. There was something in them that I wanted to be with them. Even though they were a little weird. Right? They had something that I didn't. And I started hanging out more and more and more. And this, they started discipling me. And I found out, long story short, what was missing is my belief and knowledge of Holy Spirit was completely missing. Completely missing. Okay. And so maybe you're like that. Maybe you grew up in a church that, you know, talks about Holy Spirit. But um, today, I'm going to talk about that. So you guys ready? All right. So uh, I made some slides. All right. Um, so let's go to the first slide. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not the first one. Okay, okay. That's the first. Okay. Holy Spirit. Okay. So uh, in the Bible, in the Bible, the Holy Have you? how many of you guys have ever seen the Holy Spirit represented as a dove? As a dove. Right? You guys have, as a dove, right? You guys have seen it, right? Because in the Bible, when Jesus Christ gets baptized by John the Baptist, what happens? The Bible says the Holy Spirit has come upon him as a dove. Everyone say upon. Okay? So that's why the Holy Spirit is represented as a dove. Okay? And next slide. Okay. One of the most foundational and most important things that Christians need to believe is actually a very simple question. It is, who is God? Who is God? If someone were to come up to you and say, hey, who is God? You know, what would you say? There's so much you can say. So much you can say, right? And, and you know what? First of all, I want to preface and say this, okay? If we as humans, you and I, if we claim to fully know God, if we claim to fully know God, we're lying. If you say, I know God fully, you're lying, okay? And if God can be fully known, then he's not God. If God can be fully known, he's not God. We can't forget that God is creator, and you and I, we are creation. So in our small little human minds, we, can, we cannot hold God hostage, you know, and tell God, I don't believe this, this, and this, with our small little minds. You guys with me? And another thing is, guess what? God doesn't have to prove himself to us. Let that sink in. God, he's not insecure. God, he doesn't have to prove himself to us. Actually, he gave us truth. He gave us the word of God. He gave us the Bible. But he didn't have to, but he did. That's grace for us to know him. Right? So I just want to get that straight. Okay, I just want to get that straight. And um, so if we want to know God, 
Some people, like, um, what do you call those? Uh, new age, new age people. They claim to know God based on their experience, based on a feeling or an experience. That's their knowledge of God. Okay, but as Christians, we need to believe that our knowledge of God, the ultimate source, has to come from the Word of God. Okay, the Word of God is the full revelation of who God is. You know, the Word of God. If you want to know God, who God is, the Word of God is there. Amen. You guys with me? All right. I know that this is not a normal preaching. I'm I'm trying to teach here today, right? So follow with me, okay? So, um, God is not based on what we understand in our little minds or even our experience, but based on the Word of God. Okay? And if there's anything that people think is very confusing, but it's not that confusing, of who God is, is the word Trinity. Everyone say Trinity. Trinity, the word Trinity broken down is tri-unity. Right? The unity of three. Right? So God is three in one, which means as Christians, let me, let me just make it simple for you. We worship how many gods? One God, right? Three persons in one, okay? Now here's the thing. So many people, they're like, hey, that doesn't make sense to me, right? That doesn't logically make sense to me. So because it doesn't make sense to me as a human being, God's not real, you know? But again, God doesn't have to prove himself to us, right? And God can be God. The problem is people compare God to human beings. And because human beings cannot be three in one, people say, oh, how can God can't be three in one. So they humanize God, right? But God, he's Trinity. He's three in one. And as you probably learned growing up in church, is God is what? Father, Son, and? Right? And the Son being? Jesus Christ, all right? So, um, so again, I said, when I grew up, I learned more about the Father. Most of the time, we learn about the Father in church, like God, who created the heavens and the earth. You know, God, who's our Father, who adopted us as His sons and daughters, right? And then, of course, we learn about Jesus, right? God incarnate in human form, Right? He came to serve. He came to die on the cross for our sins, to, to bring us salvation. But not many people talk about the Holy Spirit. Okay? Not many people talk about the Holy Spirit. Um, so today, I'm going to go uh, deeper into that. Again, I want to ask you a question before you go on to the next slide is, someone tell me, at any answer, what is a Christian? Anybody? What is a Christian? Somebody that follows Christ? Okay. Mika, what is a Christian? Someone that follows Christ? All right. I'll make it very... Okay. Chris? Somebody that accepts Christ as their Savior? Okay. All good answers. I'll make it very simple. All right. I'm a simple guy. All right. Next it is... Little Christ is, I mean, Christian is, (laughs) Christian means, everyone say one, two, three, little Christ. 
Okay? In the Greek, the translation means little Christ, which does not mean everyone is Jesus Christ. Okay? But everyone represents Jesus Christ. Okay? So if any person, if any human being comes up to you and says, Hey, I'm Jesus Christ. And there's many people in Korea that have claimed to be Jesus Christ. They're not Jesus Christ, okay? All right? Amen? All right. So the purpose, why, why, does, why does Christian mean little Christ? The purpose is to revealing and showing Jesus to the world. Right? That's why we're made. That's why we're Christians. Okay? Um, so uh, next slide. Okay, so uh, check this out. I made this thing today. It took me forever. And it's really ghetto, I know. It's really ghetto. But it's a timeline. It's a timeline. All right? So we see here, right, to make it very simple, um, you you guys know the calendar is based on, uh, you know, B.C. and A.D., right? B.C. means before Christ. A.D. means? No. Because if it was after death, it would be right here. Right? So A.D., it's actually a Latin word called, I forget, what is it? It's hard to pronounce. Google it, you'll find it, right? But it means, it it translates, yeah, yeah, it translates as the year of the Lord. The year of the Lord, okay? So that is a timing when Jesus Christ came into this world as a human being. Jesus incarnation, right? And what happens is, um, he was living for about around the age, scholars and theologians say that around the age of 30, right? That's when Jesus was baptized. And the Holy Spirit came upon him, right? And why is that important? Because you know what's crazy? You know what's amazing? Is between ages 0 to 30, Jesus did not preach, teach, or do miracles, or do any work. Did you know that? He was a carpenter. So after he was baptized, after he received the Holy Spirit upon him, that's when he started, if you read your Bibles, that's when, it is, that's, that's when he started doing healing, miracles, teaching, preaching, moving out in boldness. Okay? And after that baptism, how many, how many years did he do ministry? Three years. What's 33 minus 33? Okay? So, <laughs> so around, around three years, he was doing ministry. Right? And then... The crucifixion, Jesus died, right? And then Jesus resurrected. We celebrated Passion Week a couple weeks ago, right? Good Friday and uh, Easter. And then Jesus ascended. You guys understand, right? You guys, why am I sharing this? Check this out. Now what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to share some scripture with you. And this is important because when you want to understand Holy Spirit, what you need to understand is it cannot just be based on experiencing something. It has to be based on the Bible. All right? So I'm going to, uh, you can write this down if you want for your own study. So here we go. Next slide is John chapter 14, verse 12. And before reading this, we have to understand this. Do you guys feel like you're in college right now, university? Uh, uh, <laughs> all right, so this the timing of when Jesus said this is this time, before his death, right? So, who was Jesus with before his death? His disciples, right? Jesus was with his disciples before his death. And then, before he died, they had the Last Supper. 
and Jesus was washing their feet, right? And this is when, this is what Jesus was saying to his disciples. It says, truly, truly, let's, let's read it together. One, two, three. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. I don't know. When I read this, I was like, what? Jesus, imagine you're his disciples, right? And Jesus told his disciples, hey, you know, you guys have been following me. You guys have been seeing me. I, I fed the 5,000, you know, I, I, I cleansed the leopard. I, I healed the demons. I raised someone from the dead. You know, I taught all these things. Oh, by the way, guess what? Jesus is saying this. He says, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. Not just also, but in greater works than these he will do. Think about that. Great, what, does, what is Jesus talking about? Jesus saying, greater works than me you're going to do. Greater works. I'm going to come back to this, okay? Next slide. Let's read this. He, he's around the same time before Jesus' crucifixion. He says this in John 14, verse 15, 16. Same chapter. He says this to his disciples, all right? Ready? One, two, three. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. You know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. So Jesus said this to His disciples. Say, look, I'm going to send a Helper. Everyone say Helper. And then He says, that Helper will dwell with you, and will be in you. Okay? So Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit, but the disciples don't know that yet. Next. Jesus says also this. Ready? One, two, three. But now I am going to him who sent me. None of you asked me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. It's very clear here in the Bible that Jesus is saying to his disciples, and this is very heartbreaking, because Jesus spent three years of ministry with his disciples. That's three years of relationship, right? Like, I'm going to be with you guys for three years a little bit, right? And then you guys are going to go. It's, it's a sad, it's sad, right? And Jesus is saying, hey, I'm going back to the Father. I'm going back where I came from, right? And the disciples are like, sad. No, right? But Jesus is saying something very encouraging, saying, hey, but it's better that I go because I'm going to send a helper. If I don't go, the helper won't come. You guys with me? All right, it's very easy to understand, right? Okay, next. Now, right here, now it's moved forward. Now, after that, Jesus has died. Disciples are sad, right? Jesus is resurrected. Disciples are happy, <laughs> okay? So after he resurrected, Jesus, he shows up. Jesus, in his resurrected body, he has holes in his hands. He shows up to the disciples who are scared. Disciples are scared because the people that killed Jesus, they're trying to find the disciples to kill them. 
Okay? They're scared, and all of a sudden, Jesus shows up. He's like, hello. You know? Hello. And then Jesus, he's, he does this. He breathed on them and said to them, ready, set, go. Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. So Jesus does this. <laughs> A lot more cool than that probably. Is receive the Holy Spirit. Okay? But what's very confusing is this. After they receive the Holy Spirit, guess what happens? Jesus ascends. Right? So I would think that after you receive the Holy Spirit, they're very bold. Okay, they're very bold. They're going to go out there, evangelize. They're going to be bold. But you know what they did? They continued to hide. They were still afraid. They were still afraid. Okay? Next slide. Okay. And at that time, okay, before, okay, right before Jesus left, right before Jesus left, right? Jesus says this final word, final word to the disciples. Ready, set, go. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. But didn't Jesus already breathe on them? Holy Spirit? But why is Jesus saying, wait for the Holy Spirit? Right? Hold that thought. And, and then Jesus says, next... One, two, three. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And then, Jesus ascends. Okay? And then they're waiting in Jerusalem. They're like, what is Jesus talking about? Where is the helper? Where is the helper? Like, you know? How are we supposed to do greater things than Jesus? And then next slide. And then Acts chapter 2, if you read, is Pentecost. Everyone say Pentecost. That is the time when the disciples and many others are gathered together. And then if you read your Bible in Acts chapter 2, it says, Like a mighty rushing wind, the Holy Spirit came upon them. Everyone say upon. And then they started speaking in different languages, different tongues. And then after that, if you keep reading the book of Acts, you do not see disciples who are filled with fear. You see disciples doing miracles. You see disciples preaching the gospel. You see many coming to the Lord in salvation. You see disciples that are getting martyred with no fear because the Holy Spirit came upon them. And when Jesus said, you, were, you will do greater things than me, he was actually talking about a greater measure. A greater measure. Because Jesus in his flesh can only do what he can in his flesh. But Jesus through his church. Jesus through all of us. You see what I mean? That's what he, what he meant by greater things. Amen? And if you read the book of Acts, do you know why? The book is called Acts. The full name for the book of Acts is called Acts of the Holy Spirit. The book of Acts is called Acts because it stands for Acts of the Holy Spirit. 
And it's talking about what the Holy Spirit does through the disciples. Amen? Next slide. I'm almost done. Okay, so what is a Christian? And then later on in Acts, it says this. For the first time in the whole Bible, the word Christian is mentioned. The word Christian is in the Bible for the first time. It says, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called what? Christians first at Antioch. And the Christians, the little Christs, they were to be Jesus to the world. And that's what they did. They scattered and the first missionaries, human missionaries were born. And then they went to nations they preached the gospel. They moved in power. They moved in boldness. All in the power of the Holy Spirit. If you read the book of Acts, you'll see amazing things. But Acts is one of my favorite books to read. It's so fun. All right? Next slide. So, why is this important? Without Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. We can do nothing without Holy Spirit. I think it's a, it hurts my heart to think that the topic of Holy Spirit is so ignored and not taught about. You know, the Trinity, check this out. This is really cool. If you look at the whole Bible, all three persons of the Trinity, they all have major roles in God's salvation story. So this is what I mean. In the Old Testament, everyone worshiped Yahweh God. Right? Yahweh God. Everyone worshiped, the focus was God the Father. Right? And then in the New Testament, in the gospel, the focus was God the Son, Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ came, right? But then from Acts until when Jesus comes back, it's the age of the Holy Spirit. Where he's moving through you and I. Amen? So that leads us to this next slide, which is right now. Jesus' ascension, Right? Here we are today. This is this chart is not uh, to scale, okay? <laughs> it's not to scale, okay? And you know what? You and I, when you and I became Christian, we received the Holy Spirit in our hearts. In our hearts. Everyone say in. Okay? That's like the that's when Jesus breathed upon the disciples, right? And then Jesus say, "Wait." For the Holy Spirit to come upon you. You understand? So for me, when I was a Christian, I knew I was a Christian. When I became a Christian, the Holy Spirit came inside of me. But I felt most alive as a Christian. When I decided to obey Him. And what the Word of God said. And when I was with those friends, they prayed for me and I received. The Holy Spirit came upon me. And after that, slowly but surely... I just started going out in faith and just sharing the gospel. Like what the Bible says. Okay? Amen? Um, is there another slide? Did I put another slide? No, okay. So last thing I share, I'll share is this. Before we break off into our familias, um, there is so much more that we're going to go deeper in. So I encourage you uh, in your familias, your leaders will le lead you deeper into this study. But before I move on, I gave you the biblical background of Holy Spirit. And there's so much more though. I just gave you the simple version. But why is Holy Spirit important? I'm going to 
I'm going to just read this thing I wrote. And I'm not going to go into detail to each one, but it's to get a point across. <clears throat> Here we go. Holy Spirit wants to aid you, assist you, help you, guide you, lead you, give you revelation of scripture, release his gifts to you, give you boldness, teach you, strengthen you, refresh you, empower you, anoint you, protect you, fellowship with you, help you pray, give you rest, give you wisdom, reveal Jesus in your life, be your friend, and comfort you. Without Holy Spirit, you cannot obey God, worship God, pray effectively, can't preach without anointing, can't witness for Jesus, can't cast out demons, can't have true joy, can't have victory over the flesh. Is the Holy Spirit not important? Amen? So let me pray for us before we break off as we go deeper. Holy Spirit, I thank you so much that you are not just some mystical force or anything like that, but you are a real person. Holy Spirit, you are God. And Holy Spirit, we invite you here and we ask for you to teach us. Holy Spirit, without you, we cannot understand. So give us understanding in our hearts. And I pray that this teaching may lead us into greater intimacy and deeper relationship with you, God. And at the same time, give us greater obedience in our hearts to live out like the first Christians did at the church of Antioch. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.